Hey everyone, it's Dane here, and welcome to the final episode of Return to Saren. I just wanted to talk to you, the audience, for a moment before the episode kicks off, because I have some thank yous and some announcements. Let's start with the announcements. Obviously, this is the last episode of Saren, but it's also the second to last episode of the Level 1 podcast. Next week, we will be releasing the end of season um, and end of show wrap-up episode, and then that'll be it. Um, we've decided to end the show for various reasons, some of them personal, some of them professional, um, but please know that doing this show has been so much fun and it has meant the world to us, and thank you for listening. This is going to lead me straight into our next announcement, though, which is a little bit more exciting. Um, we're starting a new show. It's called Diceology, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify right now. That's Diceology, D-I-C-E-O-L-O-G-Y. There will be a link in the description below. Um, Diceology is um, our new show um, that we're putting together, um, and it's going to feature most of the level one cast and introduce you to a bunch of new voices, which is something we're really excited about. Um, it's also an actual play anthology show, so we will be playing a bunch of games and telling a bunch of stories in the same fictional world to tell a bigger story. Um, but I'll get out of the way, and I'm going to play you a quick teaser of that show for you right now, um, hopefully to get you excited and to go subscribe to the show. So I'll just get out of the way. Here it is. Are you looking for an actual play show that's a little different? One that has all the adventure, but more stories, more games, more fantastic cast members, but is less of a time commitment? Then Diceology is the show for you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. We're an actual play anthology, so instead of a single ongoing story, we release one to three episode long arcs that tell a complete story set in a faraway solar system in the distant future. Since we're an anthology show, there's something for everyone. High-flying adventure? We've got that. Heartfelt stories about the mystical? You're in the right place. Something a little creepy? Check. Something to make you laugh? We have that in spades. So, come on an adventure with us every Monday in our first anthology, 11 Jump Gates. Here's a sneak peek, and I hope you join us. Long ago, humans left Earth far behind them and spread out across the stars. They built an empire, connected by faster-than-light jump gates that let them dominate the galaxy and far beyond. But that was then, and now, they're gone. And all that remains of that culture is the Runa system. A single solar system made of five habitable planets, three terraformed moons, a newly built space station, an asteroid field, and the ten faster-than-light jump gates that connect them all. The Runa system is a wild place, full of ruins flushed with unexplained mystical phenomena, quiet frontiers, remnants of wars fought long ago, and the beginnings of a new empire. But beyond all that, the Runa system is full of stories. Stories of wandering mystics, digital ghosts, cybernetically enhanced criminals for hire, ambitious imperials trying to move up the ranks, daredevil pilots, the heirs to old wealthy families, and those just trying to make their way out on the frontier. Some things don't change. Love, curiosity, ambition, and the thrill adventure, just to name a few. Welcome to Eleven Jump Gates.
So, if that sounds interesting to you and you'd like to keep up with what we're doing, me, Sam, Will, Taylor, um, over here, please go subscribe to Diceology now. Um, and don't forget to leave us a rating and a review if you liked it. It helps people find the show. And since we're starting over, we're going to need that help again. Um, so, please. It's a lot of the same work that we're doing here. We just wanted to do it in a format that worked a little bit better um, creatively and for our lives. So, the first episode is eight. <clears throat> The first episode is in your feed right now, and new episodes are coming your way every Monday morning. All right, let me say just a few thank yous before we get on to the final episode. Um, first of all, thank you to Sam, Will, and Taylor. Doing this season and this show with you guys has been an absolute privilege. Um, I'm always floored by your work. Um, thank you for letting me be your GM and telling this story with me. Thanks, guys. I can't wait for what we're doing next. Second, thank you to Avery Alder, Sage Latora, Adam Koble, and D. Vincent Baker, who designed the Quiet Year Dungeon World and Firebrands. These games are amazing, and the season and Saren wouldn't be what they are without them. Additionally, thank you to all the developers who made games we've played on this show, and to uh, developers who make amazing games in general. There's too many of you to mention, um, but please know you're appreciated. Third thank you is, as always, to TabletopAudio.com. These soundscapes brought our show to life. Thank you. Fourth thank you to Harry, Nick, and Natalie, our wonderful guests from Season 2. You're all gifts to play with. Thank you. And fifth and final thank you is to you, listeners. Thank you for going on this journey with us. You're the real heroes. To us, at least. Now, like always, I've kept you too long. Let's go finish our adventure. So you have them. It costs you dearly to do it, but you've held off your enemies long enough for the ritual to come to its conclusion. The chanting stops. The light from the peak of the mountains goes out just as dawn breaks in full. And you may have expected a blinding light or some ear-splitting noise, but there's none of that. It's more of a pulse a sigh, a heartbeat, a deep-set feeling of the world, of Saren herself settling in like a sick child finally able to sleep after the fever has broken. You all look around, and in this moment, you know it is done. The ley lines are dissolved, washed away into Saren. And from here on out, things will be different. What does the rest of the immediate aftermath look like for both Duncan and Brim? So D Brim, Brim's walking away. Um, <clears throat> I think I walk forward and then as the divine energy leaves me, I sort of stumble and I realize I'm exhausted, like fatigued. I think Vea tries to catch you. Yeah, and I think I just fall into her arms and I hug her. And... I think I have, like, tears in my face and melted snow. Yeah. And so I think I look at her and I decide, as the last bit of energy leaves me, I take a new quest. Mm -hmm. And I decide that my quest <clears throat> is just for Gladine. And it is discover the truth of Vea's heart. And I only need one boon which is a voice that transcends language. 
I think you get a voice in the back of your head. From Gladine. You know that's one of those things that takes people a lifetime, right? Yeah. Well, then I grant you that boon. And you've given us enough. Call on us if you need us. But we will bother you no longer. Do I have that boon forever? Mm hmm. And they've also are saying, like, we're not going to push you around anymore. Like, you can have powers if you want them. But if you want to be done. Whoa. You can be done. So they, they, you, they're, they've retreated to like a comfortable distance, if that makes sense. Uh huh. Um, I think Pond, Tilda, and Tyrantak come down the mountain. Mm -hmm. I think it looks like Tilda put the most of the effort in because she's leaning on her wife really heavily. And she nods like a really simple and says a really simple thank you. It's done. We are going to try, try and go save what we can. We will be very busy. We owe you nothing. And they get in the tower. And the telemetropeter whirs up. And it's gone. What else do we see in the immediate hours? Um. <clears throat> well, with that new boon, mm -hmm. before I go off and like make sure everything else is okay, I think I look at Vea, and I'm like, "This is um, this is just for you to hear." And I think I like reach up very tenderly, and I take her earrings off mm -hmm. if she allows me. I start first to see. Yeah. And I take the earrings off. And then I tell her that I love her. I think she tears up. She's like... I love you too. And then like she just kind of like leans in. And I think... Warm Cotton climbs on a horse and rides to go get the people of Lone Tree. Brim? <clears throat> I think Brim walks basically into the nearest forest or woods or mountain. And uh, basically he just, he just tears anything up that's like in his wake for a while. It's almost like when you're angry and you go into your room and you punch your pillow. Mm -hmm. We've seen this behavior from Brim before. Yes. <laughs> And I think all he keeps doing is is going. Uh, I think he's almost for a while he's like cursing at Yzma. It's like you asked me, you told me I didn't know what sacrifice was. I know what sacrifice is. And I think he just keeps saying that. He's like basically screaming that, like hitting a tree and like ripping bark off trees and just like destroying anything that he can. And like he keeps like breaking 
breaking his own bones and they keep reforming. And I, and I think he just kind of, I think eventually he just like gets so broken and exhausted that he just like passes out in the middle of the forest. Mm -hmm. And I think he wakes up the next day and just kind of tries to teach himself how to meditate for, for a long time. I think it's, I think it's weeks that he's in the forest. So he's not there for his father's funeral for Ingvild's funeral. I think for Haya's funeral. I think he, I think he does come back for those, but he, I think he sits in the back and silently pays his respects. Mm-hmm. I, Cause I, I think basically what Brim is fighting right now is like, he, he is fighting turning into like, like essentially like in in his mind he just like is fighting turning into a monster he's fighting turning into the thing Ismol wants him to be yeah yeah so the people of lone tree come back i think by and large they like it's a it's a few days before they're all back um but i think a few people come ahead the people you would think come ahead to see Ingvild and your father and Haya off. Along with, you know, I think you're respectful of the fallen enemies. Um, and Jackson and Sir Ollie and Arrows are treated as well as can be. Probably Jackson's treated a bit better. Yeah. Because um, he stood down in the end yeah but lone tree starts to come back so a year after the ritual the nation of caspin collapses along with palin who both overextended themselves during the war and a fragile peace comes over Saren. Some say that the events of the past few years exhausted the whole world. Who's with you a year later, Duncan? Van, I broke up. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't go well. Turned out. (laughs) Yeah, we moved in together. It was not a good idea. (laughs) Um, Just who's with me, not where am I? Just who's with me? No, paint that whole scene. Also, real quick. Brim promised that we're going to get to you. They're going to be mostly Duncan for a little bit. No, it's fine. So, yeah. But where are you? Who are you with? What are you doing? I think Duncan is at the peak. He's finished his training. Gotten his certification certified. Um, And... He's currently trying to form a new paladin order, one that focuses on all the gods, reconciling them. Um, A lot of the mages at the Mages College, leftover mages, are invited to work and study there. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Temple Paramount as well. And I think it's no longer really called the peak. It's not just for paladins. And where the Mages College is, 
where the Temple Paramount is and where the Peak is are all sort of facilities that work for the same cause. Gotcha. Maintaining peace around Saren. Yeah. So who's who's there with you? I'd imagine Veya's with you. Veya's with me, yes. Um, Tilda and Turntech might check in every now and then, but I think they're very, very distant. Yeah. I think they appreciate what you're doing enough to be involved, uh-huh. at least nominally. Yeah. I bet Jackson is like a really big help. Mm-hmm. Like Jackson is a really big help. Yeah. And I think even though she said it wasn't her job, Latima is doing a lot of work. I think Latima is getting higher up in the yeah. church, the the Temple Paramount side of things than mm-hmm. she expects. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of nice because you're also away from Lone Tree. Like, yeah, you're still living a life. Um, and I think I'm traveling a lot more. Going to Caspin, going mm-hmm. to Capital, going to Tullius, yeah. and helping rebuild these places and seeing some of them for the first time. Yeah. And then I'm also working on a new play. <laughs> a sort of part two. Hmm. I see. Still looking for a good theater troupe, though, that can be the original Broadway cast. <laughs> um. Do you visit Lone Tree often? Even through the... Um, not as much as I should. Business and all yeah. that. And I think I, th- I think to myself, I've spent a little too much time there, maybe. Yeah. She's like, I need um, a breath. Yeah. But I think I come back at the end of a year. Yeah. To see how everything is. It's growing. Even bigger than it was before. Mm-hmm. They've had to push out the walls again. I think they may have even just sort of torn down the walls and be like, okay, let's let's see where this goes. And the rocks <laughs> before new walls. No, they do not have barracks. <laughs> do you see Brim at all during this year? The Brimgar Barracks. I don't know. Do you think the last time we talked was a year ago? Um, I think so. I think I think yeah. Brim has been on this journey. I think Brim spent I don't really want to get into what Bryn did. I would prefer to yeah, explore yeah. when we interact yeah. in my part. Well, <laughs> I think... Well, you may want to do it during Duncan's bits. Okay. Spoilers. Because you're going to... Okay. I think Duncan has not seen Brim in a year. I think mm-hmm. since that day. Since you walked by me out of the... After you broke Ollie and Arrow's wrist and walked Where are you right now? I think I'm back in Lone Tree now. Yeah. Uh... I don't really want to do that much. Maybe, maybe no. I don't think I'll be in Lone Tree. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Pick the... here. I can I pick the area? Sure. Yeah, I'll let I'll you pick the area. I'll tell you what I'm doing there. Because this is a place that, as a as a GM and a player, I always wanted to explore. Uh-huh. I think it makes a lot of sense for us to be there. Yeah. I think we meet in Luca. Ooh, hold on, just a moment. Here. I will pull up Luca. some information about Luca because I have it. It's been a minute. Malta. Luca, Luca. Gotcha. So, Luca's one of the more southern human kingdoms, or it was before it became under Caspian. I don't know what it looks like government-wise now, mm-hmm. but it's um, it's nearly tropical, um, and it's famous for its wine and vineyards. So it's this endless rolling hills of grape. It's it's Tuscany. Like that's that's mm-hmm. where you 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 are. And like I love the image of maybe 
Duncan and Vea just like walking down the road. Like they're in between like stops. I think you Duncan know? and Vea are on vacation. Yeah, yeah. I, I like think to... that's actually. I think there was yeah. a whole year of rebuilding after everything. Yeah, and that's what I think. and Vea yeah. was like, Duncan, you need to take a vacation. Yeah, I think that they're. I like to think that they're at a vineyard. We're doing a wine tasting. Yeah, I also imagine that Duncan doesn't wear armor really anymore. No, I think there's one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Can you bear to be separate from your greatsword though? No, I like to keep that on since that's built. Built by a father figure out of the soul of my, your one of my best friends. And the blade is my, life. is my lover. Yeah. I think, uh, okay, now you can stop me if you think that this is too much of a stretch, but I have a really fun idea here. <laughs> so I think you guys are outside drinking wine. What year and is it? <laughs> Vaya's got to be really good at this. Yeah, I'm much more cultured now in this year. And someone comes out and they, they go, the owner would like to speak to you. The owner of the vineyard. And Oh, I know who that person is. It's oh, Warm Cotton. No, it's it's me. <laughs> oh, it's you. Yeah. Oh, surprise me. Tell me more. <laughs> and then uh, Brim kind of walks out. Uh, oh, no, no. The person who announced it. Yeah, that could be Warm Cotton. Yeah. Yeah. How do we get in this vineyard without? <laughs> well, I think most for the most cool. part, like you were, you received an invitation months ago. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, and that which was isn't, the thing which that... isn't weird, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. not weird. And also, you. that was the impetus to Vea, for Vea to be like, let's take up this invitation. This is right. the perfect time. Let's take a break. Yeah, and I think are we on? Are we near something nondescript? You don't even realize who it is. Yeah, you're kind of on the coast, but you're far enough away yeah. from the coast, so you can see the hill. ocean. Yeah, we're up high, but you're up on a hill overlooking the vineyard. It's a, it's I'm really like, wow, dry here. This is the nicest area in Luca, probably. Yeah, and uh, someone comes out, and you don't really acknowledge them in there. Uh-huh. What year is this? <clears throat> well, sir, uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask the owner. He actually <laughs> asked to see you personally. Really. <laughs> and you're not even acknowledging who's talking to you, which right. is warm cotton. Yeah. And then uh, I think Brim walks out. Such a and, shiny uh, glass. I, can I think Vea notices and she's like keeping the secret because she figured it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think Brim comes out and puts a hand on your shoulder. Oh, I kind of love that scene just kind of ending there. Yeah. Cool. That's so cool. Nice warm summer nights in the villa. Yeah. And I think, I think it makes sense because Brim... Oh, well, I won't get into what I do. But I think... No, I will. <laughs> I think Brim, he took a long time in the forest to like, kind of come back to himself. Found warm cotton. And uh, he eventually decided to pull some of the strings from the people that he like had gotten to know. Maybe it was Tyrion Tack, maybe it was somebody else. And... Maybe like, Jor. He like, acquired... His, his uncle. Yeah, maybe. He's like, let me call it my uncle. <laughs> yeah. He acquired land. He acquired land that was being reclaimed after the war to buy up one of the nicest vineyards in Lucca. <laughs> and he's decided that this is kind of what he wants to do for a while. And every once in a while, I mean, he goes back. I mean, you've got time to kill. <laughs> like, all the time in the world. <laughs> he goes back every once in a while and checks on Oto. Mm-hmm. And I think after he, you know, visits you, he invites his brothers out and has them you know what? Talks to them. This could be a nice vacation home. <laughs> yeah. Whenever the breakwaters go on vacation, they bring their kids, their grandkids, and they all come to the vineyard. Yeah, come to Brim's Vineyard. So the Brim Vineyard. <laughs> oof, oof. We're moving on just because of that. So tree grape water. Oh God, no, no, put that away. <laughs> the 
Grimyard. So Saren experienced after this a decade of relative peace and prosperity after years and chaos. But the world is changing. Rumors of the wilderness growing in strength abound, and a decade of no new mages begins to make itself felt. But the paladins reemerge over this decade as peacekeepers. Duncan, you've been in charge of the paladins for a decade. What is the organization like now, a decade on? I think... Um, there's just definitely a separation of church and state. We're not going to tell anyone how to live their lives. Um, but, uh, any city that welcomes it, any town that welcomes it, we have shrines built up. Mm -hmm. And because this practice really fell out, um, by the time Duncan became a paladin, even in his earliest days, um, because most paladins were just at the peak. Mm -hmm. Now the peak is no longer a super concentrated area of paladins. It's more like a concentration of mages and scholars and students and students. And there's more paladins than ever. And they're now stationed all over Saren and they protect their shrines and they study and they report back. And I think it is like a peacekeeping. And it's also, it's sort of every shrine is in service to all the gods, mm -hmm. except for one shrine on capital. <laughs> Which remains for Gladine. Does Jackson get to go back? And Jackson gets to go back there. <laughs> My people! Uh, uh, I love picturing a decade older Jackson. I, I don't know exactly what it looks like, yeah. but like... Can, can I get a scene Um, I think... Briefly. Really briefly. Yeah. I think uh, one day Jackson is standing at his post. As he does every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can imagine Jackson doing this till he's an old man. Like yeah. buckling oh, yeah, on his yeah, armor yeah, yeah. every day. Yeah. And being like, I am proud to guard <laughs> to this, this shrine. Yes. <laughs> and I think uh, <clears throat> one day Brim kind of walks up to him very slowly uh, out of the crowd. And offers his hand and says, you did the right choice. I'm glad I was able to spare you. He shakes it. Yeah. Jackson loves nothing more than reconciliation. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And I think... He loves to make up. Brim just kind of nods and walks on. Yeah. What is a decade... What is... What is Duncan's personal life like a decade on? I think Duncan is... Married. Yeah. Uh, in a very traditional Anto ceremony. Um, it was a destination wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go? Where'd you get married? Went to Anto. Oh, it's a destination wedding for everybody else. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. Everybody else. My mom is there. Byron Bellows. I'm there for sure. Brim's there. Um, Egwene, Meridian, Skua, Pond. Um, I think because he's a hard guy to pin down, so I couldn't ask Brim. So Pete is my best man. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Um, and the the friends I've made at the academy and everything. Lady Lashana's raving, roving minstrels. Of course, they play. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, the live entertainment. Do they do our? Are they the ones playing the story that you wrote? Of course, they perform my play. Yeah. And I, if I don't like it, I get up and I I say, you know what? I'll do this. <laughs> I'll do this for a second. 
It's not quite how it happened. Not quite how it happened, but um, that's really sweet. And I think I might have some kids by now. Yeah, it would be a decade later. Yeah, some, probably be a little. There are little. They're toddlers, and they're potential heirs, depending yeah. on what is going on with. I have some uh, some half elven breakwater selmies running around. Yeah did did Fenlin get a separation? No, no, they made that work. Yeah, yeah, political marriages. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think Cinna is kind of fulfilling the role that Brim probably would have fulfilled. Yeah, had he not, you know, become a vampire. Yeah. Um, and Vea's just out of the life, like a hundred percent. Like she, I think she probably has some sort of like town council job back in Lone Tree, mm-hmm. but. It's like whenever it, you want to be there. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Right? yeah, we just travel and study and go wherever sounds exciting and where we're needed. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I, I bet you need a yearly visit so, to my vineyard. Sometimes yeah. the kids stay with Sai, or not Saitel, but they stay with Fen, or they go stay with my mom. Yeah, honor their elven family and their human family. <laughs> yeah, get a little yeah. bit of both cultures. Uh huh. Yeah. Make sure they're with some orcs sometimes. Yeah, you know, good stuff. Of course, Pond's a godfather. Meridian's a godmother. Yeah. Yeah. So, at the end of Duncan's life, most mages have passed, and the few that are left are entering middle age. There's a panic to save what can be saved of arcane magic, but Duncan, you're old enough and wise enough now to know that it's not your job anymore. Across Saren, the wilderness grows powerful. Trees the size of the lone tree are becoming as common, if not more common, than the normal-sized ones. Monsters are tougher and come in larger numbers. Most nations' borders are shrinking against the wilds. What does the end of your life look like, Duncan? Who's here with you in your twilight years? And I, I think um, paladins are playing a more and more important role as mm-hmm. like protectors of human realms. Yeah. Yeah. Schools start popping up for people with combat monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but where are you? Where, where, where does Duncan live out his final years? Because I'm picturing Duncan on a porch smoking that pipe. Uh-huh. You know? I think um, Duncan is in... I think he's back in Lone Tree. Which is a big city now. Huge. Huge city. Maybe 50,000, 60,000 people. And I think he has a house up on the mountain and he's in his rocking chair and he's got his pipe i'm oh go ahead no i just imagine that duncan might this sounds sad but die a little young (laughs) he lived hard yeah he had a hard life you know so i got my grandkids on my knee but they're young they're little my two daughters gave me some beautiful grandkids and i'm telling them the story Part five now. (laughs) 
And sometimes I get a little mix up about who exactly killed the dragon. Sometimes I forget. Oh, <laughs> <Uh-oh. Ew. laughs> <laughs> who? Who saved whom remember. on that bridge? I think it was. I definitely got in the way. Like I went to dive in front of Thorn, um, but you know, I was he, just a fraction too. He slow. wouldn't have. It was just a little too late. Because so. you see, kids, I would never get caught off guard. That <laughs> 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 would never happen. Never, never, never happen. Yeah. Now, don't tell. Don't tell your mom that I gave you this. I gave her a little fruit leather. <laughs> um, who? Anyone else who's around that you spend some good time with? I think I spend more and more time up at the top of the mountain mm-hmm. by Thorn and Wicker's graves. I think that's become like a whole shrine mm-hmm. there. Um, and I think I've made friends throughout my entire life. Mm-hmm. People. Do you have any suggestions? Um, well, some people are definitely already gone. Yeah, orcs live a lot shorter than... Yeah, you, you're you pretty close with um, the current, like, chiefess of Lone Tree, which is, like, a semi-honorary position, mm-hmm. who's um, definitely uh, Meridian and Skua's daughter. Like, yeah, definitely close with that person. Um, I think... Um... Marka is doing some good work. Lots of Masanya. And I'll visit him every now and then. Does Brim come around more? Yeah, I think Brim, especially yeah. in your Twilight years, comes around a lot Makes more. good on that bond. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it's been... Um, the most painful thing has been watching Veya not get as old as me. She was 40 when you guys got together. So yeah. she's in what would probably be her very late 40s equivalent at this point. She's in like her middle age. Yeah. I'm my older. So I'm like in yeah. my 60s. And yeah. Or 70s. And she's like in her 50s. Almost, almost to 50, basically. Ah, she still looks great, though. I love to be like, hey, can you believe that I got, I got this? <laughs> Especially when I look this bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she gets really tired of that joke. Too. Every time you go out to eat. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but is it even harder to see whenever Brim shows up and like Brim's timeless? No, it's actually, I think, comforting. Really? Yeah. With Veya, it's like, oh, God, I wish I was more virile. I wish I could be the man you want. <laughs> Even though Veya doesn't care. Um, but Brim, I'm like, God, Brim never changed. It's good to see you strong as an ox. And then sometimes Brim, because I just want to go really fast, Brim will run around with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just <laughs> carry push him. my wheelchair and carry me. Uh, through the mountains yeah and i think it's you know at first like the first couple times he comes to see him he's like oh that's kind of jarring because he brim is ageless like he Uh feels great Mm -hmm. i mean as long as he's you know getting his food but you know i think every once in a while brim will come and more and more like i think he'll exchange emotions with duncan more often when it's time for the end Mm -hmm. i think i want brim to just like take me away to just like carry me way up into the mountains. Gotcha. Um, I think Brim honors that. Yeah. So that at the very end, it's just the two of us. Yeah. That, that really fucking. <laughs> and then I want to give him like one last emotion. What's that last emotion? So I, I think. I guess there's nothing more to say about Duncan's life. Mm-hmm. This is... I just want to know what that last emotion yeah. was. I think. <laughs> I think Brim takes Duncan way up secluded in the mountains to like a place we used to hike or something. Yeah. 
one of the times that we hiked when you were yeah going through stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, Brim, I'm gonna give you something that you probably ain't never gonna feel. Which you'll probably never feel. And I maybe someone will give it to you as well later, but I don't think you'll ever encounter it on your own at this point. And that is the feeling of satisfaction of a life well lived and a job well done. No regrets. I think Brim just smiles on No regrets, friend. And like, I think that's too much for Duncan. <laughs> and that last gift is it. Wow. God, dude. Brim. Yes. It's 150 years on from Duncan's death. Yes. Your family is gone. Well. Replaced by descendants. Yes. Anto grows wild too. Interesting. And more elves flee to the mainland. Are you alone? Who are your companions? Um, I don't think I'm alone. I think Brim, in some ways at this point in his life, has a kind of a schedule <laughs> that he operates on. I think, mm. you know, every other year he'll guest teach, guest, go guest lecture at Palin. Uh-huh. And every year he shows up, he guest lectures and talks to people. I think the main branch of that school has moved to New Lone Tree. Yeah, I think that that's fair. But I, I still think every year he goes and gives uh, a lecture at somewhere. He tr- he likes to keep his contacts up. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. he he wants to like he doesn't want to like disappear in the wilds like Ingville did. Yeah, yeah. and just kind of like disappear. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of keeping contacts up. He likes to keep himself entertained and yeah. like meeting new people and things like that. Um, I think wherever the Breakwater family is, he's very close with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he watches over them like all. Like he'll as much as he can. As much as he can. They all know him like by name. Right, he's right. there all the time. You right. know, he's always just looking after them, checking in, and he comes in all the time. I mean, these are Vea's grandchildren and great grandchildren. They're Fen's grandchildren and great grandchildren. That's where we're close to about. Yes. Those are the people who are in power. Yes, but basically he want his goal is to is to become very close friends with them mm-hmm. so that he feels the same way when that next generation comes along. Yeah. Oh, these are great grandchildren of, you know, blank. Yes. And that like, matters. This, yes. And that matters. Yeah. So I he mean, spends a significant amount of time with them. He still runs his vineyard. Mapping the family yeah. tree. Yeah. How much time do you spend with Jor? Uh, I think it's substantial. It's, he's probably becoming a more and more important person to you. Oh, definitely. 100%. Honest question. Cause she'll ask, do you think, did you let Warm Cotton become a vampire? Uh, cause I think after about. 20 years of this she's like no i think i'd be into it and i'd really like to turn while i'm still like in good shape yeah i think he i think i think that uh brim would do that i bet she's a she probably does a slightly a version of what you do yeah probably like you probably both have to learn yeah routine good yeah keep up with (laughs) some people good like she does the best she can i don't think you guys travel together anymore no but i think you know every once in a while we see each other and I bet that relationship to catch up yeah. like Jor. I think that relationship's really important. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think, I think eventually, uh, one day, well, maybe not 150 years, maybe more years ahead. Well, we've got more years. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've do, got infinite um, years. <laughs> do people still remember the name Duncan Selmy? Mm-hmm. Do people still remember the name Brim? Not what he looks like, but yes, yes. 
Um, I think the what used to be the peak in the Mages College and the Temple Paramount. The Temple Paramount has become its own separate thing again, uh-huh. and it's still the Temple Paramount, and it's yeah. strictly a religious institution. The school is now the Secondary Academy. And Secondary school. Honestly, there are four houses. One for Brim, one for Thorn, one for Etney, and one for Duncan. Very Hogwarts. Like, cool. That's so cool. <laughs> and the interesting thing... House Selmy, House No Tusks, House Jespers, House Breakwater. Yeah, and, and Brim teaches the people in the Right, house. Brim still comes, and so of course they don't forget. Guest lecture. Yeah. Right. So of course they don't forget. But some 700 years on, most of Saren belongs to the wilds, to the monsters, and the few mortals brave enough to live outside the shining city-state of New Lone Tree. But these powerful leyline-infused wilds have a gift for those brave mortals as well. A new form of magic. A wild magic. A symbiotic magic. One that makes the users less mortal and more wild. Whispers of druids and beast-bound rangers echo in taverns in Saren's last, if massive, city. All other nations have collapsed. Even your ancient home of Anto, Brim, is overrun by nature. The strongest of buildings, like Breakwater Palace, have become figuratively, and in some cases, literally haunted. Where are you, Brim? And what does life look like for you now that you've outlived your family name? There are no more breakwaters. Wow, okay, interesting. Well, I think that Brim is... uh, I think he still is going kind of back, and I think he spends a decent amount of time in the wilds, but also a decent amount of time in New Lone Tree, or Lone Tree, or whatever. And I think he kind of moves in and out, and I think he's um, basically... Brim is starting to establish, like, a guild, essentially, of, like, of of people that are, like, meant to, like, fight and, like, keep the borders. Paladin's like, gonna do that, though. That's the, that's what the, that's what the secondary academy is. Oh, so that still exists. Uh-huh. It's becoming quite the pillar. Uh, well, Brim still goes and teaches, I think. Yeah. I think it's just kind of like a thing that he does now. Like, yeah. every year, he's just like, I just gotta go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go teach my master class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My one seminar. I'm gonna yeah. go teach my one seminar. Remind everybody who's important. <laughs> and then I'm gonna go out and about. Yeah, and I think... I don't know. Brim probably doesn't have to fear the wilds, does he? Not in the same way. Yeah. No. I think he spends like a decent amount of time kind of on coastal areas. Because the thing is, the wilds aren't evil or anything. They're not monstrous. They're just powerful. Yeah. And this is something that Brim also has noticed over these hundreds of years. People are a little taller. (laughs) Just a little bit stronger. Yeah. The dissolving of the ley lines while it left arcane magic on the wayside people are healthier people are a little more and so we're 
the natural order of things. Yeah. And people aren't upset that the nations are gone because more or less all of Tyria is still livable by by large by and large and there's this massive city and all of this open farmland and all of these things and people just live there also sarens just become warmer yeah <laughs> just generally um i think most of it kind of has a bit of an onto sort of feel it'll get a little crisper the occasional snow but you know most days it gets to about 65 and sits right there has Brim ever interacted with the gods again in fifteen hundred years? Uh, it's been seven. It's only been seven. Oh, it's only been seven. Yes. <laughs> it's only been seven hundred. Don't don't get out of yourself. You haven't even been in here millennia, dude. I think you occasionally talk to Gladine and Lady okay. Mira. I don't think you've heard from Saren or Lord Vita or Ardo once. Yeah, I think Tolerine is. I don't know if she has many paladins anymore. You think, um, well, I think most paladins serve multiple. I think it's pretty common. Now. I don't think she hands it out yeah. often, if at all. Like, I think she feels... Oh, Meralda was her. I think she feels, de- uh, Tolerine feels defeated. And for a god, sulking can last hundreds of years. So, yeah, she doesn't... But yeah, I think, I think every decade to... 50 years like you at least see Gladine. yeah you know yeah it's like a nice brunch and yeah even, and even though the land is wild it's not um the gods aren't in constant conflict about no no they're really stable actually um i think i think brim you can get a sense of how the gods have sort of reordered themselves by the proliferation yeah. of them um which is like Gladine and Lady Mira have the most by far. Like, and then everybody else has kind of like fallen away a little. Yeah. And I think, except for, I think Lord Vita's like upticked a little. Like, okay, maybe I should be a little bit more involved. Uh-huh. Um, and especially if all my creations aren't going to be instantly marked evil anymore. Yeah. And, and I think um, Tolerine is almost non existent. Same with Ardo. Well, I guess that makes sense if Tolerine is diminished and then sort of civilization is sort of consolidated as yeah. well. So, yeah. I think you see them, you know. Yeah, every yeah. once in a while. Their timeline's even longer than yours, so yeah. it's like, they feel like they're keeping a good, like, Gladian feels like she's doing a great job keeping up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe eventually you'll feel the same way. But, Brim, it's been so long. Another thousand years. Seventeen hundred years since the ley lines were washed away. But what was seventeen hundred years ago in human history? Three hundred A.D. Yeah. Good God. Who do we still remember from three hundred A.D.? Jesus Christ. A couple Roman emperors are not really that different. Well, Brim makes an effort to keep up. I just want to yeah, put yeah. that Chinese he, emperors. He keeps his. Well, you're still around. around. I'm seeing if Brim has to keep himself around because he just doesn't want to be hunted. (laughs) I just want to see if Etni, Thorn, and Duncan are still remembered. If they're like significant enough to be like 1700 years later, maybe I don't know. But it's been 1700 years, and while many things have changed, 
I think you'll be happy to know that still, if you were to travel across cold oceans, you would reach the now warm and sandy shores of Saren, which lead to open and wild green places bursting with life. Until you came across a single city, situated at the base of a mountain range. But, as most folk know, this city stretches into the mountains and protects the seemingly endless valleys of farmers and quiet folk. This is where people live. Humans and orcs, elves and halflings, salamanders and dwarves. There is peace here, unity here. It isn't perfect, but people call it home. They call it New Lone Tree. And New Lone Tree has a school. A school that trains people to keep the boundary between this bastion of civilization and the powerful and beautiful wilds. And walking through these halls are three young people. Hard-working, talented, and faithful. And they're about to go on an adventure.